and welcome back to the Sex Ed Enthusiast Podcast. I'm your host, Meredith Brewer, and every week I teach you about a health class topic your school either neglected to talk about or taught it in the most boring way possible. So with every brand new episode, I'm bringing sex ed topics, discussions, research, history to the spotlight, where I highlight the information you probably weren't provided by your teachers, by your parents, whoever was supposed to be telling you about the birds and the bees. So for the first couple of episodes, we have focused on condoms. And while I said at the end of last week's episode, I was going to be talking about birth control today, I decided to hold off on that. I'm still recovering from getting my tonsils removed. And after last week's episode, I realized I kind of pushed myself a little bit too hard. Uh, 30 minutes post-op, um, five days post-op from getting my tonsils removed wasn't really a a fantastic idea on my part. So we're going to hold off on that. Um, birth control is such a broad subject that, you know, I don't want to rush it or, or half-ass it because, you know, I'm, I'm still recovering. Uh, my voice is a lot better today compared to last week, but, uh, you know, I'm still hurting. It's still really dry and I'm, I'm just trying to take it slower. So I promise I will cover this subject at some point, just not today. Today, we're actually going to do a little mini episode called Fast Facts. Um, and we're gonna, I'm just going to give you quick facts about something specific and see how much you know. So let's figure out how much you know about the female reproductive system. Okay, our first fact for the female reproductive system is that it actually contains the largest human cell. So human cells, that's like skin cells, fat cells, um, heart cells, like all, all the different types of cells that we have in our body, they're just called human cells, right? So they come in a variety of shapes and sizes and they, they carry out a wide, like a very wide range of different functions. But the largest and the smallest cells in the human body are reproductive cells. So females, they have the largest, which are eggs. And males have the smallest, which is sperm. Our second fact is that it's acidic down there. If you didn't know, the the vagina, all the, it's acidic. So that means that the pH of the vagina um, is averaging about 4.5 on the pH scale. Remember seven, if you remember from like elementary science class, seven is neutral. Anything below a seven is acidic. Anything higher than seven is basic. So it is, the vagina is acidic at 4.5. To put it into perspective, um, beer and tomatoes are typically, like they have an average pH of like 4.6. They have a little bit of a range, but they're very acidic, right? Like your stomach feels a little funky after you've had, you know, one too many tomatoes or one too many beers. So part of that is like, there's a, there's microbes in there because that like create communities and they're trying to maintain that acidity to basically like ward off sperm and germs and like things that we don't want in there. So like the vagina is a self-cleaning thing and part of that self-cleaning is the acidity level. Our third fact is the fact that like the hymen and the female body, the hymen is just very overhyped. So we've long regarded the hymen as like an indicator of virginity. Like, oh, like, you know, my hymen broke or did you break her hymen or those childish school conversations. Um, but the hymen is really just like a small piece of tissue 
ringing like it's like at the vaginal opening and it can break or tear upon you know first sexual intercourse or other penetration or it can just stretch like in other words like the absence or the presence of a hymen says nothing about whether or not a woman has had sex so it's an old notion back when they didn't know anything about female anatomy and it's kind of a notion we need to do away with because it has nothing to do and it is really not a solid indicator that you know a woman is a virgin or not our fourth fact and th- I don't have this one cited in, in my resources, which will be in the show notes. Uh, this is just something I remember from my undergrad days that are um, vaginas are like inside penises. Like that's just my analogy that vaginas are like inside penises. And and so stay with me. The reason I say this is because the vagina is normally about like two to three inches um, inside a woman's body. But when it's aroused, it actually extends to about five inches. So it goes from being two to three. And then when a person is aroused, it extends to be longer. Just like when a penis, it changes sizes when it's erect. Um, It has to do with musculature and blood flow. And so the same thing happens to a woman when she's aroused. Our fifth fact is that there is actually a link between vaginas and sharks. And while you wouldn't like normally compare your vagina to Jaws, uh, the lady the lady parts have more in common with sharks than you realize. So according to the research I did, um, the reason that they're comparable or that they're linked is because the lubricant produced by the vagina, the natural lubricant that the vagina produces, contains a compound called uh, squalene. So we actually see this right now. It's like a big hype in our serums and our facial crap that we do now. I think I even have squalling to put on my face at night. Um, But apparently it is like the compound that is produced by the vagina, which is the same compound that is found in the livers of sharks. So our females, vagina, persons with vaginas, um, we're producing squalling. Same as sharks. So that's pretty cool. I honestly really like this fact because when I was a child, I wanted to be a marine biologist and study sharks, like only sharks, like forget all the other marine life. I just wanted to know about sharks. And this was the one thing that wasn't in like all my shark books. Who would have thought? Our sixth fact is that the uterus is super stretchy, like really, really stretchy. So most of the time, a uterus is surprisingly little, very little, like usually when a person with a uterus makes a fist, that's pretty much about the size of their uterus. Um, They're only about two and a half inches wide or the size of a small apple, again, or your fist. They're not that big in their normal state. But during pregnancy, as we know, it stretches. And by the end of the pregnancy, the uterus is the size of a watermelon. A juicy, delicious watermelon for some nice imagery for you guys. That's, you know... You went from a small apple to a watermelon. Quite the size difference. Now, after giving birth, the uterus usually shrinks back. It does. It shrinks back down because it's a muscle. And this can take around six weeks. It's a process known as involution. Involution. That's when the uterus shrinks back down after giving birth. So I think that's pretty impressive. You go from apple to watermelon back to apple. But it's not instant. And so no... but. Keep in mind, no other organ can stretch this much without causing permanent damage. And that's why females 
reproductive organs are just badass just completely badass on this fact alone the fact that it's able to go from this size to that size back down to that size a little bit of a side story um and kind of what prompted me to think about doing these fast facts is I was on a tinder date the other week with a guy who has clearly lost some brain cells from all the concussions from skiing and he thought his friends he told me that he thought his friend's wife was still pregnant because when he went to visit them at like a week after she gave birth, like she's, he was like, she still looked pregnant. Like, I don't understand it. Like, it doesn't just like deflate, like right after the baby comes out. I'm like, no, that's not, that's not how it works. So for all you guys, you single guys or your, your ch- you childless guys who don't know, who's never really been around a pregnant woman, especially like immediately after birth, um, it doesn't go down right away. She's still going to look pregnant for probably six weeks it's it's a muscle that needs to ret- it spent nine months growing and needs time to retract back in essentially um so just never ask a woman who you know just gave birth if they're still pregnant that's so rude um and honestly when this guy said that to me on our date I was like oh, there's the ick I'm good um no second date for you sir I think you need to go see a doctor about your brain cells All right, fact number seven. The cervix can either prevent or encourage pregnancy. So if you're not sure what the cervix is, the cervix sits right above the vagina, just below the womb, um, and it forms like a neck for the womb. And it's pretty much like the channel. Like that's the only way when sperm enters the vagina to like go do fertilization, to go do its job, it has to go through the cervix to get to the uterus, to get to the egg. So this is like a canal, a very like tight, teeny tiny canal um, in the woman's female reproductive system. So hormone levels change during a female's menstrual cycle, which we're going to talk about in another episode, but not this one. And when there's a higher level of estrogen, it makes this mucus um, at the cervix. And the estrogen makes the mucus thinner, which allows sperm to pass through to the womb facilitating pregnancy so estrogen makes the cervix cervical excuse me the cervical mucus thinner estrogen yes pregnancy now at other times you have higher levels of progesterone which is another hormone similar to estrogen which will make the mucus thick and more acidic so it goes back to that that acidity and like the no baby no thank you so that helps prevent pregnancy so progesterone progesterone sorry is like anti-baby estrogen's like pro-baby and for my last fact fact number eight um the clitoris how can I leave out the clitoris on our facts here for the female reproductive system the clitoris is the most nerve-rich part of the vulva the vulva kind of just refers to um almost the outside female anatomy um the vagina is like the internal part but we kind of just refer to it all as the vagina but that's incorrect the vulva is what kind of encompasses the better term there so anyways the glands the and the, cl- and the clitoris there is eight thousand, eight thousand nerve endings making it the powerhouse of pleasure so to like get some perspective here right i said there's eight thousand nerve endings in the clitoris that is twice as much as the nerve endings at the penis, at the head of the penis. And its potential doesn't end there. This tiny, like, I mean, the clitoris isn't that big, for those of you who know how to find it. The, the clitoris is a tiny erogenous 
zone and it spreads out to more than 15,000 other nerves in the pelvis. So that one little spot has 8,000, but it can reach out to like referred areas, doubling it to 15,000 nerves, which explains why a female might feel their whole body being taken over when they have their OMG moment. So let's sum up all of this information. It's no surprise that the female reproductive system is badass as hell. No other system in the human body can go through the destruction and the rebuilding that the female reproductive um, organs go through every single month. And when I get into the menstrual cycle, you'll kind of understand more like how the uterus and the ovaries itself go through this destruct, rebuild, destruct, rebuild path. But like I said, no other system can handle it. I mean, it, this one is top tier when it comes to wreaking havoc and, and, and then making up for all that havoc that they just caused. Not to mention the uterus is like the short-term lease to tiny humans who then take their eviction notice and make a traumatic ed- exit. They're like, oh, I only get to live here nine months? All right, I'm just going to violently get myself out of your body. Additionally, some parts of the female reproductive system are like, yay, baby, while other, other ones are like, fuck no, no sperm allowed. It just kind of depends on the time of month and, and the organ in question. And for my last note for today's facts is that females need more attention in the pregame part of sex. There are thousands of nerves to help you pay attention and you should use them to your advantage. I mean, like I said, there is double amount of the nerve endings in the clitoris than the penis. So, you know, take that information and run with it. As always, I'd love to hear from you guys and your reaction to this episode on social media. So use the hashtag sex ed enthusiast so I can follow along. Don't be afraid to ask questions and let me know other topics you'd like to hear. Um, and you can find my show notes in the description of this episode. It will also include some of my resources um, as well as my social links. Uh, and, you know, if you enjoyed this episode, like, share, follow, all of it. Um, in the meantime, find the clit and make good decisions. 